On today's show, we'll be talking about getting ready food-wise for the holidays and some of our favorite Thanksgivings we recall. As always, we'll share where we've eaten out and what we've made at home. We'll talk about Bastille and Tilth and share lots of Thanksgiving events. Plus, Amanda Reed from the new Charlotte Restaurant and Lounge at the Lotte Hotel Seattle is with us to talk holiday cocktails. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Hello, this is Duke Mosgrave from Duke's Chowder House, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the November 2020 Seattle Dining Show number 211. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, Publisher and Owner of Seattle Dining. Uh-oh. I do not. Oh, waddle. Waddle. Turkey. Turkey sounds. Did I get it right? Turkey sounds? Get that cleaver away. Do you want to be pardoned? Wow, sometimes you jump right in there, and I and I have to sort of like to tell the truth. I got okay. You were uh, a turkey in yeah. It was just like um, Zoom. Uh, guess what I am? <laughs> exactly. Without a picture. Yeah, I won't turn my camera on on Zoom. <laughs> Otherwise, all you see is a turkey. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you could just instead of a picture of you, perfect. Well, you know what? I thought since we're heading into November, and it would be fun to talk about some of the um, Thanksgiving days we've had in the past, both as kids and adults, and what what our traditions were. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, one of the things that I remember is that there were a number of years when my father liked to throw us all in a car and go on a road trip. Oh, really? And so uh, we went to the Grand Canyon one year. Wow. And I remember having like a turkey buffet, a turkey dinner buffet at the fancy restaurant there at the park. And that's why they called it Turkey, because it was fancy. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, another year we went up to uh, Big Sur and San Simeon, and I I, I know we went through Hearst Castle one time. And somewhere along the way we had a Thanksgiving turkey buffet (laughs) (laughs) that is very interesting i didn't know that about you my family was very traditional in that it was always at home when we lived in california when i was really little we always went to my grandmother's house and my mom's sister's family came so it was and it was the typical large table for the adults and then the kids table um and then after we moved to washington it was really just our family so the five of us and it was very traditional. It was always the turkey with the bread stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy. Thank goodness my mom was not very into the marshmallow on the yams thing. Ooh. We did do that, but sometimes. But um, and lit- people wonder why everybody wants to go to sleep after they have their Thanksgiving. Oh dinner. my gosh! Yeah, and don't you blame it on uh, trypanoid or whatever yeah, that is? Yeah. What's that called? I'm, I'm blanking right now. The but tryptanoid. It, it is trypanoid. Phenol or something like that, yeah, that's in Turkey. Or 
I don't know. Mostly it's just volume. That's my theory. Yeah, it's the volume of sugar. You yeah. know, you put those those sweet potatoes in your body and then you have some cheesecake and oh mm. and give me some of that jellied cranberry too. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably oh, dumping like fifty to seventy grams of sugar in your body in one meal. Oh, yeah. and that just sounds so good. Mm. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna fix all that when we get to our meal prep segment. Yes, that's coming up today. That will be exciting. And I have to say when, in terms of being an adult, like in more recent years, um, one of one of the best tea days for me was when we decided to do something different. And I think this was a combination of Tom Douglas stuff and stuff I had read in Sunset Magazine. But we ended up cutting the turkey up, butchering the turkey before we cooked it. Mm-hmm. Because I think this was a Tom Douglas thing. You can cook the dark meat. And get it done correctly without drying out the white meat that way. Yeah. And then we had a gravy that had Marsala wine in it. Mm. And I just remember that as a really outstanding adult. We made it, you know, kind of meal that wasn't so traditional. It was still turkey and potatoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, that was really good. And I think one thing we might try, I don't know if we'll do it at Thanksgiving, but recently I made whipped cauliflower out of the America's Test, test Kitchen yep. Easy Everyday Keto Book. Instead of using mashed potatoes. Yeah, and it is delicious the way they do it. And it the texture is just like potatoes, but you don't get that um, cholesterol bump. Yep. So, that, that, that was one of the topics for the third segment. So yeah. now we don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> we can go into more serious detail. What about you as an adult? You know, like once you got out on your own and... You, what Thanksgiving do I remember? Yeah, were there special Thanksgivings? You were married with kids? I mean, were those really special or has it been... Uh, you know, I really, didn't, I really didn't like doing Thanksgiving back then because uh, I was kind of learning my way through cooking in my early 20s when I did have two kids. And uh, I was in that kitchen from like 7 a.m. all the way until we served dinner about 3 or 4 in the afternoon and I'd, I'd cook a bird up from, you know, from nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I did everything. I made the gravy. I made the potatoes. I did, you know, and the next thing I know, I, 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 just, I felt like I worked at McDonald's because it smelled like a turkey. <laughs> and then I can finally sit down and eat it. But then, of course, nobody's going to do all the dishes, so I had to do all that too. So uh. it was a lot of work back then. Nowadays, um, you know, we kind of take turns doing stuff in the kitchen, and when we get to the segment, the third segment mm-hmm. of the show, we're going to talk about ways to even spend less time in the kitchen on Thanksgiving so you can spend more time with friends and family. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know, um, one of my it, – it's sort of funny now. It was sort of sad at the time, but one, one Thanksgiving I remember – actually, it might have been a Christmas, to tell you the truth, but I was uh, – it's the one and only – it was Christmas. The one and only Christmas, I did not go to California to be with my family. So I invited some friends over, family of four, and I started cooking away. And uh, about 10 or 11 that morning, they called and said, every single one of us has the flu. <laughs> so I had, I had a lot of food, and my cat sat on a chair next to me while I ate my dinner <laughs> alone. <laughs> it was a sad... A sad holiday. Wow. But. All right. So, where have we been eating? 
Well, we recently took a couple of overnights. So I'll talk about the first one, and you can talk about the second one. Okay. We went to Port Ludlow over in Nordland, Washington. Yeah, Nordland. Nordland, where everybody knows. And it was, uh, we spent the night, and it's, you know, they have updated the showers and things like that, but I've always loved that place. It's just, there's something very peaceful about that area. You know, I I said it when we were there, and I'll say it again. It's like, uh, when everything's crazy, and you need to take a break locally, you go there. Yeah. It's not a long way away. You have a little bit of a road trip, which is fun. You don't have to get in an airplane. No. You don't and you have f- to go through the TSA line. Yeah. And yet you feel like you're a million miles from home. Yeah, it's a great escape, but it's yeah. local. Yeah. And Fireside, the restaurant there, we had dinner and breakfast. And um, it's just always uh, Chef Dan Radigan is actually now the general manager of the hotel, but he's retained his executive chef title, and he's got his um, – sous chef uh, with him and the food is as good as it's always been and and he works they all work very hard at staying local and supporting the farms around them and the fishermen as close as possible to them mm-hmm. and uh, their their menu shows it and it's it's really good food yeah really well made good place mm-hmm. so then we went over to the tri-cities I don't know why they try so hard but they do <laughs> Trying. Um, over in, uh, what is it? Can- uh, it Richland. Richland. Uh, at, at, it's called the Lodge at Columbia Point. And it's a fairly new hotel. Probably about, four what, years. about a year old? Four years. Well, four years old. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we went to dinner at a restaurant I've been wanting to go to for a long time called the Dovetail Joint. And the reason I wanted to go to it is because the couple that owns it used to own the Glass Onion in Goldendale. Now, you wouldn't think there'd be really much good food in Goldendale. Uh-huh. And the truth is, there isn't. And, uh, but these guys were, were putting out some really great food. So when they sold it off and moved to Tri-Cities, uh, they got this – well, they started with a food truck – and now they've got this restaurant, Dovetail Joint. And uh, some of it is really good. Yeah. Some of it, I, I, I could give him my two cents on a few things. But, but for the most part, it was just, he's really good with his sauces. And he's really good yeah. with His flavor profiles. With, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And actually, you know, I don't think of Richland as being um, sophisticated particularly. And that's a, a wild generation generalization and somebody's probably going to take a hit out on me for saying that but um their restaurant is kind of spare but it's lovely inside and they had some jazz music that was not like soft jazz and too too bland but it wasn't crazy jazz it was traditional classics is what yeah. it was but it was it was great oh yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't going to drive you crazy no it was no. really and it you just it felt kind of special Mm-hmm. Um, when we ate there, actually, we were we were doing our last day of summer th- days of summer thing, and we actually ate outside. Um, and they've got heat lamps out there and umbrellas and things, and so it was really nice just to be there and and be outside too. But well, I tell you, another place we ate on that trip, and I'm going back there a couple times a year at least, and that's the Canyon River Grill in Yakima Canyon. Yeah, because uh, Chef 
Kevin Davis is back at the helm there. Well, he, he basically he wrote the first menu they ever used. Mm-hmm. But now that he's not in Seattle because he had to close down all his restaurants, and that included Blue Acre, Steelhead Diner, Orfeo, uh, Zane and Wiley Steakhouse, he's made his way out to Yakima, and he's doing a, just a killer job of making excellent food. Wow. You had a steak salad, and Kevin came out and said, I don't know if you're interested in this, but I got a bison steak. <laughs> Would you like that? And you said, yeah, I'd love it. I jumped on that. Oh, my God, it was so good. It was so tender. Just it was unbelievable. Delicious. He's doing a, um, right now he had a oyster chowder that was killer. And I had some gulf prawns. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my God. It was really a wonderful lunch. So, and, and just to, oh, go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say to finish up the the Richland thing, that Lodge at Columbia Point, I thought was very nice. It's another hotel that has a large uh, bathroom with a big soaking tub mm-hmm. with louvered uh, doors that open up into the bedroom and then you can see out right onto the river. Just like the way it works at the uh, Parking, at Willows Port Lodge. Yeah. yeah, Willows Lodge has that and Port Ludlow has that. So mm-hmm. um, we, we liked it. I mean, it was like you're right on the, the yeah, river. Nice. Yeah. So, what have you been cooking at home? Well, the two things that I think turned out really well this month for me was I took a couple of different recipes for French onion soup and decided what I wanted in it and put it together. And I thought that turned out really well. That was good. I had looked at uh, one of the recipes was from Michael Mina, and he did a truffled French onion soup. He used a truffled pecorino cheese. I didn't do that because I thought, oh, I'll get, I'll get some that and I thought, no, wait a minute, I've got truffle oil at home. So when I did mm-hmm. my uh, small slices of bread, the baguette, I just spread it with the truffle oil. Oh, okay. And then I put Gruyere on top, mm-hmm. which is pretty classic. So you got that kind of umami of the truffle yeah. without actually having it in the cheese. I, I thought it turned out really well. That was good. I liked it. Yeah. The other thing I made, and this was a direct pull from uh, Food and Wine, I didn't I didn't change it at all, so it probably won't go up into our recipes on online. Um, but it was a pork chop with peppercorns in a red wine shallot sauce. And I went down and got the pork chops from, and I'm going to mess this up because I can't remember the name of the store on Queen Anne Avenue. They sell only things that are sold at farmer's markets. Uh-huh. And so they have some uh, from Olson Farms. They had great pork chops with bone in. Uh-huh. So that's what I got. And then I had a mixed uh, batch of peppercorns, so red, black, white. Yeah. Um, and I pushed those in, and then the red wine shallots. And what did you, you put those in a mortar and pestle and crushed them up? No, no. You just, I just put them in whole? Yeah, you, you put it on, the, you press it into the meat. Oh. So it, it's in there and cooks with it. <laughs> when, you, when you're cooking, it's huh. right in there. So, yeah. And that, I thought that was delicious. Hmm. Um, did I have that? <laughs> Obviously, it was so delicious that you remember every morsel you ate. Yes, you I, I remember that. I liked it. All right, well, I'm not going to talk about what I've been making because we're going to talk about it when we get to mm. Section 3. Ooh, okay. So uh, let's take a little break. we got uh, some news bites coming up, and then we'll take a break after that, and we'll go to 
Section 3. Well, we've got the calendar as well. Oh, we got the calendar too. Okay, yeah. so it's going to be Section 4. <laughs> we'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality the Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, I'm Julia. I live in West Seattle, and I just want to give a shout-out to La Rustica, one of my favorite Italian restaurants in West Seattle. Hi, I'm Roseanne Finkel. And I'm Charles Finkel. We're from the Pike Brewing Company. And you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Aaron, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house, the editor-in-chief, the queen. <laughs> I like that last one best. Yeah, from Queen Anne. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get into our News bite segment. There is definitely stuff going on. Yeah, good and bad. What's going on? Um, the, the big Ballard news is that James Wyman and Deming McLeese have decided to close Bastille permanently. It has been closed since March, so it's not like it was overnight. But they are going to change the space to the Sabine Cafe Bar and Market. Um, this is going to have daytime counter service with simple items, sandwiches, toasts, and stuff like that. At nice at night, they'll do roast chicken with some spreads and cocktails. They will have a market that offers pantry items. Um, coffee will be from Deming, who, um, as you know, owns Cafe Fiore and Cafe Vita. And his Ballard location for Fiore mm -hmm. is at the end of Elise. And so he's just going to close that and move that whole operation into Sabine. So, uh, like, really lots of condens condensing. Condensing, yeah. Um, the chef will be Jacob Dunkelberter, and the GM will be Catherine Meyer. They were going uh, should be open. They were opening late October, and they have said that that large back bar mm -hmm. um, will open separately as a separate entity later. Oh, so okay. that's not going to be part of Sabine. Well, you know what else I remember? They have a really big herb garden on the roof. On the roof, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that will stay keep going. That was cool. I think they had bees up there, too, didn't they? Uh, the bees were over at the Olympic Hotel. Yeah, but there were several places. Did they places. have bees up there, too? I think so. Oh. I think they did. Did they have yeah. the murder hornets, too? Yeah, in fact, that's why they closed Bastille, because the hornets took over, and you yeah. know, they, there was nothing they could do. I tell you, the murder hornets coming down here from Bellingham, got to watch out. They're going to take over. Did they? Is that where they came from, Bellingham? Uh, up on the Canadian border. Mm, okay. You know, do they not know the border's closed? What, can I they know. not read? I know. Why not? Who do they think they are? They can just go up there and cross the border back and forth all day yeah. long. Not During even, COVID-19. They're just bold beyond belief. Silly murder hornets. <laughs> 
So another closure that's a bit sad is that TILF permanently closed on October 30th. I don't know why she had to do that on your birthday, but okay. Um, and if, as you know, she... I know why she did it. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. I never ate there. Oh, I, I never ever yeah. went there. I did eat once. <laughs> once. I, I was not the big supporter. It was a wonderful meal. I remember what it was before that. It was a, a place that was sort of like a Western Chinese cooking. Was it the one with all the amazing flavors? Yeah. I didn't think of that as Chinese. Yeah. It was really interesting flavors. Really good. Yeah. I mean, cause it, it, because it was Western Chinese, it sort of had like a Tibetan... Yeah, something like that. I forget. Yeah. The word starts with M, and I don't remember now what that word is, but... That's a really yeah. good place. Yeah. And then and then she had it and I always wanted to go there. I just never did. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why that is. Sometimes there's certain neighborhoods or something that you just don't find yourself in very often. I don't know why that is. But um Chris Upchurch of Upchurch Vineyard, his family winery, has scored big with wine advocate. They've gotten over 90 points for each of their wines, a 96 on their 2017 Estate Cab Sauvignon, 94 on the 2017 Counterpoint, 91 on the Southwest Facing Sauvignon Blanc, and there's three others that you can go out and read about on online here on. So you Seattle think you'll keep making wines for Delil, or you think he's just gonna just? Oh yeah, well you know what? right over the top, and he's he's, gonna be he's an his. owner. He's a, a part owner of Delil. Uh, there's okay. a there's a winemaker there now. And okay. I think he's involved, but he's not the main winemaker. So, Chaco Canyon on Queen Anne has closed permanently. And I'm just, I hate to say I'm guessing and, and talk about it, but I believe Greenwood's closed. Their, their website's completely gone. And when I. Well, I know Greenwood's closed. I you? walk by it. Oh, okay. Oh, it's closed. Oh, I thought, I thought you said you didn't know. Yeah. I know when you call them, it says that it's Verizon and, and the called party is temporarily unavailable. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Well, so, you know, Chaco Canyon's gone. Tilth is gone. We're losing all our, our vegetarian. vegetarian, vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbeat seems to be doing okay on Queen Anne. I like that rhubarb pie. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. You do. Um, Great State Burgers has opened in Ballard. They went into the former Volterra location. So I asked a question, are they going to have a Cajun burger? Yeah. Because before that was Volterra, probably two or three times before that, it was uh, Burke's Cafe, which yeah. was uh, uh, heavy on the filet, but it was Cajun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can see having a burger there. I like great steak burgers. Sitting out on that patio in summer. Yeah. Yeah. We're well, just going go into winter. Out. Yeah. Um, Marination Mobile has their truck, Big Blue, back in action. They're serving lunch at Super 6, their other place, on at 2006th Avenue on weekdays. And then this next one I, I find to be great news. The Mansion Restaurant at Rosario Resort is open, and it has a new chef, Richard Neal. He is another person, sort of like um, Raymond Southern, who was there, mm-hmm. who loves local stuff, loves foraging, loves all that kind of thing. So he is doing his thing. So it looks like they're trying to bring back a really good local menu again. I'm so happy. if you're listening, guys, we're, we're available to come out and do a tasting on that menu. Anytime you want to just pick up the phone yes. and give us a call, we'll be there. <laughs> um, neighborhood Grills. Now, this is uh, we talked about somebody else last month who's doing this, too. Neighborhood Grills are now offering delivery themselves. 
within their delivery zone, and they'll go wherever, your car, your boat, your couch, a trailhead. Your uh, shopping cart. Yes. So it's just uh, you get on their website and uh, do that, and they're just trying to reduce costs of the third-party apps, and then they're passing the, the um, lower costs on to their customers. Wow, good. So, and you can go to their website to find out what the delivery zone is. All right, you look like you're going to say something. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Okay, you're just thinking. All right, the last thing I wanted to mention is that Los Hernandez, the James Beard Foundation award-winning tamale makers in Union Gap, just celebrated their 30th anniversary. And apparently they've done very well during the pandemic. People will drive sometimes a long way just to pick up a dozen tamales. They had a picture, um, I don't know if this is on their website or Facebook or something, but they had a picture of people lined up down the block. Waiting to get yeah, their but tamales. it looks like a lot of people because they're all spread six feet apart. Actually, they looked a little too close to me. Uh, it might have been uh, an old picture, too. It could have been an old picture. But. It might have been a picture from after they won the James Beard Award. Yeah, yeah. Did they have masks on? I don't recall now. Hmm. You know, oddly enough, I'll think, I'll come home from someplace and I think, oh, my God, did those people have masks on? I'm starting not to see the masks. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Are you dreaming mask? No. Do people have mask on in your dreams? No. Sometimes mine do. Hmm. Is it about Halloween or is it really about masks? It's about masks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I have a dream that I'm getting uh, open heart surgery. <laughs> that's a common dream. Yeah, that's a common yeah, dream. Yeah. Liver <laughs> transplant. <laughs> You know, all those things. All got on the nurses, everybody. Yeah. And you know what? You're here. Let's just do both of those things while you're here. We got you on the bed. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a calendar coming up here that is loaded with options you can think about for Thanksgiving, plus a couple things before Thanksgiving. We'll take a little break, and when we come back, we'll get into that. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at RevolveFoodWine.com. This is Katie, and I live in Yakima. One of my favorite restaurants is Carousel Restaurant and Bistro in Yakima. Hi, this is Julie from Willamette Valley Vineyards in Salem, Oregon, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show with owner-publisher Tom Marin and me, Connie Adams, the senior editor, and we're heading into the calendar section. Remember that we add things all the time to this, so we're giving you a taste of things going on, but go out to seattledining.com backslash calendar, and you can see what else has been added as we go along. All right. First one we got here is uh, Seattle Restaurant Week is in full swing Going from now until the 21st of November, lots of $35 dinner specials, $20 lunch specials, 
Got dine-in, take-out options, delivery options. They're all there. And there's over 70 restaurants right now that are participating. So uh, you can get to the link to them from our calendar page. Mm-hmm. And the, their website has menus, so you can see what people are doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ashton Troy is doing a winemaker dinner at Revolve November 8th from 6 to 9 p.m. Revolve chef Klaus and team have partnered with Kit Singh of Ashton Troy. And Kit is the winemaker and owner of Lauren Ashton. Mm -hmm. And so this is a new line of wines, a little less expensive, and the focus is really on restaurants. So, So the... Flavors are big and bold to stand up to restaurant flavors. Oh, so it's I kind of it was a, like a, I thought the Lauren Ashton thing was like uh, like maybe like a specialty lingerie, <laughs> and then the Ashton Troy was men's underwear. But well, no. close. Does it be like what you would wear in Troy when you were in Troy when you were going to take down the rest of the Greek army? <laughs> Your underwear? Yeah, the kind of underwear you would wear. <laughs> I'm sure that was what was on his mind, but, you know. But, but unfortunately, all he could do was make wine. Oh, well. <laughs> and he's a dentist, so what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to do five courses, and there's a lot more detail online, but there's a diver scallop, pork belly with manila clams, a chicken thigh, lamb shank, apple tart. Sounds great. They're, um, and just so you know, for safety reasons, individual tables for each reservation, and tickets are $110. That sounds about right for a wine dinner nowadays. Yeah. Five courses. Absolutely. And a Revolve, that's $110 of goodness. Yeah. Mm. That's good, healthy food for you. All right. Uh, Elliot's, you know, they usually do their oyster extravaganza, Mm -hmm. but obviously things have changed. So they've changed the way they're going to do it. It's going to be a month-long appreciation of the oyster and other seafood. Uh, we're just going to send you to their website because there's too much to talk about. I was looking at the press release that came out, and it's just like, okay, we're going to do this, and then one week we're going to do this, and then you're going to have this, and there might be a dinner here. And it was like, I'm not going to put this all on the show. Can I just get a couple of oysters and put them in a little fishbowl and appreciate them for a month? <laughs> and if they're still alive at the end of 30 days, I get to eat them? You don't eat oysters. That's true. Yeah. And this is, by the way, I, I um, it's... The official name of it is the Annual Oyster New Year, in case you're wondering specifically what we're talking about. that It's usually a huge event. Is it the year of the oyster? No, it's the year of the rat. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> now, we're going to head into Thanksgiving news, and I just want to say that on our calendar, everything's under November 26th. But many of these things are takeout only. You know, some of them are dine-in, some are most, a lot of them are takeout. So pay attention when you go out and look at what your ordering deadline is. You know, like if you're going to order a turkey, you've got to do it the week before. Um, or, and, and then they also tell you when you can pick it up. So we're not going to get into all of that stuff um, in this, you know, as we talk about it. But go out to the, to the calendar and you'll find all that information. All right. So, first one we got for you is uh, the Sea Creatures Chefs. And I'm assuming there's a restaurant called Sea Creatures no. that I haven't eaten at. No. Renee Erickson yeah. and her partners, yeah. their company is Sea Creatures. Oh, okay. And they've got, well, you now, know. Now the rest of us understand. Yeah. 
Uh, so their chefs are all contributing favorite or staple dishes to a meal for 8 to 10 that you pick up at Wilmot's Ghost on 6th Avenue. Uh, it'll include organic herbed turkey and some of Renee's favorite wines. Yes. So uh, obviously we have no prices here for you because we don't know. Yeah. You know, those wines are going to obviously give you different pricing. Mm-hmm. So. Sea Star Restaurant and Noir Bar in Bellevue is doing a meal for 6 to 8 for $149.95. Includes turkey and sides. You can add extras on like Dungeness crab dip, pumpkin pie creme brulee, and a sushi omakase platter. I know that one's 54. So for each meal purchase, they no- donate one meal to Hopelink. And if you recall from previous years, normally they close on Thanksgiving and make a huge meal and feed the homeless. Mm. So this year they really can't have people in like that. So this is what they're doing instead. Um, John Howie Steak has um, Thanksgiving plans, and Beardsley Public House in Bothell has um, Thanksgiving offers. And, and Beardsley is also doing, I think, for every two meals, uh, they donate one to the North Shore Senior Center or something like that. So that has another little giving hmm. thing going on. And, you know, for $149.95 to feed six to eight people... That's not. That's a smoking deal. Yeah. Even if you buy some of the add-ons along with it. Yeah. It's still a great deal. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric Rivera. I thought I saw a typo when I read this. Uh, he has several options on November twenty-second. He will be doing a a dinner that you will pick up, I believe. Right. Yeah. And it's called Friends Giving. It's only twenty-five dollars per person. Uh, you get a turkey leg, you get sides, you get dessert, and you get to join a Zoom call with other people. At 7 o'clock, so you're not really eating alone. And when I saw the $25 on there, I thought, oh, that's got to be a typo. It's either 250 or $2,500, right? But no, <laughs> no it is no. correct. That number is yeah. right. Uh, and then on uh, November 25th through the 28th, he's going to be offering a five-course tasting menu. $40 per person. No, it's from 40 So you could start oh, at 40 and at 40. go way up. Okay. Yeah. we got a lot of that going on this yeah. year. Um, you can uh, select from no, this a – No, this is a third option. This is a third option. Yeah. And this is going to be uh, Thanksgiving Day only, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you select from a bunch of great things and create your own meal. So you have to get online and figure out what this is really actually going yeah. to cost you. But uh, And that's one of the things he likes to do is uh, offer a bunch of stuff, and then you decide on your price point, you know. But it's not one of those things like, I'll give you whatever I can afford. No. No. Okay. I don't All know right. what that means. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> well, you remember there was uh, uh, the restaurant up in Edmonds that time, and they oh, said, just, yeah. just pay us what you can. Yeah. And then they went out of business like two months yeah, later. Yeah, because nobody paid him anything probably. I don't know. <laughs> Um, the Mansion Restaurant at Rosario is doing a four-course meal for 53 for adults, 26 for kids, 6 to 12, and under 5 is free, and that'll be happening from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, here in town, all three Daniels Broilers will be doing a $70 four-course dinner. Uh, bring your kids. If they're age 6 to 10, it's $20. 
and any kids under five is free. Now, of course, this is Daniels. So um, if you're going to go beyond the basic dinner, you're going to pay extra for steak options. So just know that, you know, yeah. $70 or your your starting point, and then it goes up from there if you want to get into yeah. the and heavy-duty, tasty steaks. The the four-course meal is like turkey. It's a it's a Thanksgiving meal. But if you decide, I don't want turkey, I want a steak, then then it starts going up. Yeah. Uh, Jack's Barbecue will have smoked turkeys, which makes sense, 12 to 16 pounds. It's $11 per pound. They'll also offer sides and pecan pie. And there is a non-refundable $50 deposit to reserve your bird, which also makes sense. But the bird won't have any cigar ashes, isn't it, right? No. Okay. Just wanted to be sure. Yeah, don't go there. Uh, the London Plain in Pioneer Square is going to be doing turkey and much more. You'll have to go online to uh, take a look at what all that is. And you have the links for all these websites in the, yeah, yeah. In, in the calendar. Um, yeah. so. And this is one of those things where they've got a whole bunch of things listed and you just pick and choose what you want. SeattleDining.com backslash calendar. Exactly. Barking Frog has two frog boxes for takeout. One is a Thanksgiving Day box, kind of traditional stuff, 4-4, and it has Quilcita Creek wine in it. That's 300 And then the other is a pre-Thanksgiving Day seafood box with a Gorman winery, Ash- I don't know, it's Ashen, Ashan Cellars Chardonnay for 250 But there's no frogs in those boxes, are there? There's no frogs Because they call boxes. it a frog box. It's a frog box. Really it's really not. not. No frog legs in no either of those boxes. No frog legs for Thanksgiving. You've been bad this year. <laughs> No frog legs, just coal. <laughs> uh, Salty's on Alki is going to do four-course meal, $70 for adults. Kids 5 to 12, only 15. Yeah, that's pretty good. They get a, a two-course meal. They can choose a two-course meal if oh, they'd I like. See. Yeah. yeah, you can have the hot dog or the hamburger, right? <laughs> the turkey burger. No, it's a frog leg, but that's and okay. And uh, if they're under four, they eat for free. And you can order additional items. At an extra charge. And this is, uh, I picked this up or I eat this at the restaurant? You can eat it at the restaurant, yeah. Okay. And I, I imagine they have a takeout as well. Yeah. Yeah, because they're doing a lot of takeout. Yeah. They're doing some family meals on Friday nights and things like that. So they're oh, really, like everybody, changing it up. Now, Casper's out in Magnolia has meal pickup for Thanksgiving. It's turkey, all the fixings, choice from three desserts, and it ranges from 180 to 300. So once again, you can kind of pick and choose and decide how much you want, what you want. Okay. Hmm. And Casper's is always delicious. It's always good. They do such a Mm -hmm. great job. Wonderful people. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, and that's now you're, like uh, that's like ten options for Thanksgiving, and that's and not all. That's yeah. There's more out there already, yeah. and there's more. As I see them, I put them up, so there'll be more coming. Yep. Now so, I know you're pretty excited because we're going to go into the next section. Yeah, the meal prep section. We're going to talk about if you want to do Thanksgiving at home. Uh, we got some tips for you on how to make it a little more enjoyable and have a. Really nice Thanksgiving day. Really nice day. And the day after, too. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. 
Hi, this is Bridget. I live in Ballard, and my favorite restaurant is Monsoon up on Capitol Hill. I'm a sailor. I love the outdoors and all those fresh flavors at Monsoon. Ah. Hey, everybody. This is Garrett Swanson, host of Seattle Refined on Como TV. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. You are back with Tom and Connie on the Seattle Dining Show, and we are in Tom's preferential segment this month. My favorite part of the show so far. We are going to talk about holiday food prep so that you can really enjoy your Thanksgiving, whether you, you know, however you want to do it, but there are tips that we can give you that will make it easier and so enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to be talking, uh, obviously, we'll be talking uh, about a turkey of some kind, and uh, we're going to talk about those Cali mashers, we're going to talk about a twist on pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. and you know, the thing about Thanksgiving is you get all done, and you know you got to do all those dishes, and you get up in the morning, the last thing you want to do is really make breakfast, so I'm going to, get, I'm going to help you to make breakfast in about 10 seconds on Friday morning. But uh, let's get started. Uh, we'll just kind of go through some of the m- meal items that you have in a multi-course Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, a salad. Yes. Okay. Uh, pumpkin seeds are always nice on a salad, mm-hmm. but you know what's even nicer is if you roast them. Mm, yeah. And you could roast those pumpkin seeds Saturday or Sunday before Thanksgiving and then just put them in the freezer not going to go rancid on you in a short amount of time and then you got them all ready and then you're going to put a nice salad together that's pretty easy breezy mm-hmm. so uh but you know what else is nice when you do a multi-course meal is like a soup mm, yeah and this is going to sound crazy to you but uh i made a horrible mistake the other day when <laughs> i was making gazpacho oh yeah we thought it was going to be i uh, got home put all the ingredients out on the counter and i was going to make it myself up a batch of gazpacho that i could eat Two, three, four days later. Well, guess what? I bought a zucchini instead of a cucumber. And I just said, okay, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to do it. The zucchini's going in. And man, is that delicious gazpacho? It was really good. Wow. I didn't feel like there was something missing or that it didn't really taste like gazpacho. It was just delicious. Yeah, and and that you will make on Saturday or Sunday or Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday. Don't make it the day of because yeah. you want to give it time for the flavors to meld, but then you'll know that's all in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You're going to give people a nice cold cup of gazpacho and they are going to just their eyes are going to roll. I like two things about that. One, I like that it's cold because it's just another texture flavor, you know, something to add to the meal that's a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. And also, you could make a really big batch of this and freeze it. Yeah, you so, could. So you could have it for Thanksgiving and then, you know, the next week pull it out and have it at a quick lunch. Yeah. And uh, uh, drizzle it with a little um, olive oil, little olive oil mm. or, or like a flavor infused, like an orange mm-hmm. infused, a blood orange infused olive oil. Yeah. Yum. 
Now, uh, one of the things that we've made over the years that we really do like to make um, is turkey cutlets. Mm -hmm. So we take uh, also known as turkey scallops. Uh, you go to your butcher, you, you tell him you want some of the biggest turkey breast that he's got, and you just have him slice those into like a half-inch slices. And then you're going to pound them out. And we usually um, put a little uh, – uh, put dip them in an egg white, and then we put some breading on there, and we usually have these breaded turkey cutlets. Mm -hmm. But uh, as we're moving away from eating whole grains – uh, we're we're more into things like the almond flour, uh, which would be good when you start that egg wash. But then uh, I got the idea the other night. Why don't we crush a bunch of hazelnuts mm. and we'll have a hazelnut encrusted mm. turkey scallop? That sounds really good. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> going to be the thing you're going to make the day of. Now, you could make them in advance because they're actually quite tasty for several days after, too. So there again, you could, you could do them the day of, but if you want to save yourself some time in the kitchen on Thursday, make them the day before. Make yeah. them a couple of days before. And, you know, you're not getting into the whole recipe or anything, but this is a delicious thing. You use orange and um, what are pine those? nuts pine in there. Nuts. And we've got parsley, parsley. in there and uh, some uh, shallots. Yeah. And, uh, what yeah. are the little black things, the... Um, Black peppercorns. Is it? Yeah. Seems like it was something different than that. But Oh, a uh, little currants. 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 Yeah. 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 So uh, those also are great like the day after because all of that infuses, you know, those yeah. flavors get so good. Yeah. So I think we'll have to put that recipe up online. Yeah. We'll, we'll put the zucchini gazpacho yeah. up. And we're going to put the um, whipped cauliflower up. We got approval from America's Test Kitchen to reprint that. Oh, nice. And they sent us a photo and everything. So, so that's your mashers right there, the Cali yeah. mashers. Uh, and then another thing that we made one time that was really good, and you're going to need to make this on the day of, is uh, a baked carrots. Mm. So you take them and you just toss them in salt and pepper and olive oil, put them in the oven at like 400, four, I think it's four, maybe 425. Yeah. Uh, because what you're trying sometimes. to do is get them to to release the sugar onto the outside so it caramelizes mm -hmm. on the outside of the carrot. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And also, the cauliflower mash, mm -hmm. um, when we made those the other night, I just stuck them, the leftovers in the fridge, mm -hmm. and I popped it into the microwave and heated it up. That's all I had for dinner one night. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, so good. you could easily make those ahead, too. Good. Yeah. There. See? You don't have to cook anything on Thursday. Well, you know, yeah. I would do those carrots on the day of. Oh, definitely. That and the turkey cutlets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's another thing. You will definitely want to make this on the day before. Uh, you know, you could do a traditional pumpkin pie. That's fine. And there you can do that the day before if you want. Uh, or you can uh, do a pumpkin panna cotta. Mm. Mm. Have you already made one? No. Oh, okay. But I got the pumpkin spice. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, when the November issue comes out, we're going to have a recipe for doing not only pumpkin spice, but a pumpkin spice coffee. Mm, yeah. So. That would be a nice way to start the day out. To just relax, because you know you're not going to be cooking 17 hours. You mm -hmm. can take time to make that pumpkin spice coffee and sit down for a bit. Now, um, everybody's happy. The, 
the dishes are all piled up in the sink and time to shut the kitchen down. When you wake up in the morning, you don't want to deal with a whole lot. So again, you're going to food prep ahead of time. Um, one of the things you can do to get a, a, a breakfast ready ahead is uh, make some sausage. Mm-hmm. Make some breakfast sausage. We have a recipe for that online right now. It'll stay there in November. And if you don't like sausage, and this is, by the way, this is a fairly easy recipe to make sausage with. Nothing tricky. You won't need any intestines of a <laughs> Irish wolfhound or anything like that. <laughs> I hate that. But if you don't like that, but maybe you like bacon. So we, uh, we're going to tell you how to make maple bacon, which is actually, I'll just tell you right now, it's real simple. You take your bacon, you spread it out. You take a silicone brush, you put about a tablespoon or two of uh, maple syrup into a ramekin, and you just brush that bacon down, cook it in the pan, and then you take it out and put it into the fridge. When it comes time to eat it, you're going to heat it up for about 10 seconds in the microwave. Mm-hmm. You have the most delicious maple bacon. You won't want to go back to regular bacon. I do. <laughs> I do. I have to have them both. I have to have them both. And uh, we have a, uh, I don't know, is our muffin recipe up yet? I don't I think don't it is. I don't know. Boy, there's going to be a lot of recipes on we this issue. we got a lot of recipes yeah. coming in the November issue. And I'll just throw out another thing that Tom has done with the maple bacon is sometimes for lunch he'll just make a Dave's Killer Bread sandwich, put almond butter on it, and some of the maple bacon. And then somebody says to you, what are you eating? And you say, oh, it's a maple bacon almond butter sandwich. Yeah. And they're just like, i got to have one. <laughs> um. Now, there's some really good fruits in seed. Oh, we were going to talk about muffins. Yeah. So uh, we'll come up with the muffin recipe for you. It's, uh, it's keto. So if you've got people in the family that are keto, this is a good one. Um, we substitute uh, a combination of almond flour and coconut flour instead of using whole wheat flour. And uh, we use erythritol instead of using uh, any kind of sugar. And explain that, because I didn't know what it was until you started using it. So erythritol is an extract uh, made using alcohol, and it's, uh, it's kind of like stevia, but um, stevia doesn't bake well, because mm. it doesn't really absorb anything and break down when you bake with it. Hmm. So erythritol is a really nice alternative to and that. And that's plant-based, or Alcohol-based? Uh, it's a, I think it's – I'm not sure. Okay. You have to look it up. Wikipedia. Okay. Again. Again. Um, there is a new apple that is out that didn't get all the the big media buildup like the Cosmic Crisp mm-hmm. did. And it's called the Sweet Tango. <clears throat> and if you like Honey Crisp or if you like the Cosmic Crisp, uh, search this apple out. It is delicious. I mm-hmm. uh, got them at PCC in Edmonds for two ninety nine a pound. Mm-hmm. I can't find them at PCC in Seattle. I can't find them at the Central Market. I got you some. You found them somewhere. I think it was the Ballard Market. Ballard Market. Either okay. Ballard Market or um, Metropolitan Market. One of the two. So uh, that's all. It's a nice little addition on your breakfast plate as well. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, what's what's the work on that? You're just going to throw an apple slicer over it, and you're done. Yeah. And adds a nice <laughs> little crunch and texture to your breakfast, and yum. Yep. 
and I make some of that pumpkin spice coffee. And I'll tell you how I make my pumpkin spice coffee. I use a Keurig one-cup coffee maker. You could do this in a, in a regular coffee maker too. Don't put the spice in the coffee after you've made the coffee. Put it in with the beans so that when the water goes over those ground beans and percolates all that flavor through, it's going to take all that pumpkin spice with it. Because I really don't like having, uh, you know, cinnamon and stuff doesn't really break down in coffee very mm-hmm. well. And all of a sudden there's like these grit in your teeth yeah. and stuff in the bottom of your cup and all. So this is a really delicious way to do that. Mm-hmm. So so that that's a trick is uh, food prep in advance of Thanksgiving. Spend more time with your family on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Excellent tips. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we got a special guest. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Kim Jones with the Washington Beer Blog. When we go out to eat, we like to go to Schooner Exact Brewing. They have an elevated menu for a brew pub and a great selection of locally brewed beers on tap. Hello, this is Jeff Green from B&E Meats and Seafood, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, and Connie Adams is going to tell us all about the special guest we have in the studio today. We do have a special guest in Amanda Reed. She's from the Charlotte Restaurant and Lounge. Did I say it right? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Whole lot of lotte. <laughs> Emphasis on the low. <laughs> and that's at the new Lotte Hotel Correct. downtown, which is... As most of you know, because we've talked about it a couple times on the show, um, it was going to be the SLS Hotel, and they walked away from the deal very close to when it was opening, and it's been sitting quietly empty for like three years. So it's very exciting that someone's come in and taken it over, that there's a new restaurant and lounge and new chef, and Amanda is in charge of the beverage program. Now, the last time you and I met, we were uh, you were at Hartwood Provisions, and that was a really interesting uh, place to be in terms of pairings. So I'm excited to see what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about new Hope, the restaurant and what you are doing with the beverage program. Um, yeah, so Heartwood Provisions closed, unfortunately, um, but had that great concept of uh, food and cocktail pairings. So I did get a lot of great experience with pairing cocktails and um, just kind of how to um, put flavors together in a way that made sense for food um, and, you know, had also a great cocktail program with, um, you know, seasonal influence. And uh, at Charlotte, we're doing kind of something similar, but um, a little bit more in line with our concept. 
Um, our chef, uh, Alex uh, Lamote, is a very talented uh, chef from California, uh, most recently, but all over, and his food is extremely beautiful. Um, Lote Hotel is owned by a Korean company. Um, they're very successful, have five-star hotels all over the world, and Seattle is going to be uh, their United States flagship. So, oh, um, cool. yeah, they, they're cool. very excited to be here. You know, they came in right before the pandemic and, um, you know, kind of toughed it out. But was the, I think they were really able to hire some um, incredible talent uh, as a result of everything that's been going on. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we have a, a wonderful team and uh, we actually opened our doors um, four, <laughs> four weeks ago today. Oh, wow. So it's been really exciting and very interesting. Um, the restaurant is on the 16th floor, so amazing views of amazing. Uh, the waterfront and downtown Seattle. Um, it's in the F5 building right next to the Columbia Tower, uh, so right in the heart of downtown. And, um, yeah, you know, seasonal concept. We do have uh, Mediterranean influence, um, but really focusing on local ingredients. Um, you know, for the cocktail program, you know, there's a little bit of both of those elements for me. Um using local product um, when I can and uh, uh, like my personal style, you know, I love using seasonal fruit and herbs and mm -hmm. um, various ingredients like that. So big emphasis um, on those types of ingredients. And then, you know, a little bit of uh, Asian and Korean influence here and oh, there wow. as well, which is fun. Um, so, you know, like uh, we have a soju spritz on the menu. Um, Lotte actually has their own brand of soju, um, which I'm using with uh, a green tea syrup and um, some vermouth and some lemon and some sparkling wine. And, um, and then, you know, the rest of the cocktail menu, uh, definitely, you know, again, local, seasonal um, and, you know, some Mediterranean influence as well. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, it's been wonderful, actually. And we've been really busy, and people are loving the food and uh, the drink program yeah. uh, as well. Seems to be going well. And I'm, I'm just really happy that you are busy because downtown has been such a ghost town and, you know, crazy closures and everything. So the fact that somebody new has opened and people are coming is a wonderful thing. Yeah, it feels great. You know, we're we're kind of getting the feeling um, that, you know, people are just ready to get out and um, they're excited to see someplace new open and mm -hmm. they're excited to be downtown. And, um, you know, there's definitely like a really fun energy um, in service. Uh, you know, guests are just, you know, they get to dress up and maybe they haven't done that in a while. I hear that a lot. You know, yeah. like, it's the first time I've put on a, a dress in months, you know, and, <laughs> and then, you know, heels and, um, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like, uh, you know, it's an occasion, I think, um, for people to get out and try a new place. And like I said, the food is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, surprised, you know, we've been surprised with how busy we are and it's, um, it's been great. Yeah. Now you're also a sommelier. So um, what kind of wine, wine, um, what am I trying to say? You're, you're in you my wine program. <laughs> yeah, the wine program, but you know, like your wine list. Sure. Um, so yeah, I actually passed my advanced sommelier exam almost one year ago. Wow. Um, so really happy to have done that before <laughs> all this went down. Um, but you know, we were again, a little unsure how busy we'd be. So we wanted to start 
with a kind of smaller menu that we could then grow. Um, you know, really kind of focusing on those things uh, that I mentioned. I'm really, for me, like staying in tune with the food and the concept um, uh, the chef is putting out there is really important. So uh, the wine menu, you know, has a good um, local selection, of course, which, you know, Washington wine I love to, you know, represent. Oh, yeah. um, and then, you know, some really fun Mediterranean wines um, that pair really well with the food and then some some classics. And uh, although a smaller menu, I actually have some amazing uh, bottles on the menu. I was able to, you know, unfortunately things are closed and so not everybody was capitalizing on their allocations this year. So, oh. um, you know, I have great connections and, you know, um, my reps have always been so good to me. And so I was able to like really get some special bottles to put on that menu. Oh, great. Um, so that's been really cool. And uh, we have, yeah, we have a great selection and um, it will continue to grow. And so, mm-hmm. although right now we're finding that everybody's drinking cocktails and I, I, I feel as though that is the result of people just being home for months, drinking wine and beer and yes. not really being able to like experience cocktails. Mm-hmm. So everyone's sort of like thirsty for, for cocktails at the moment. Um, so, so that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I look forward to also selling some really great bottles yeah. in the future. I think you're right about the cocktails. I think when you can go out again, it's like, oh my gosh, let's start with a cocktail and then, you know, try some stuff on their menu. And I think people are just ready and it seems more festive because wine has been ubiquitous. You know, it's like, that's right. all we're drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and Instagram's been good to us with uh, cocktail photos. So mm-hmm. I think people see, you know, they, they cruise and, and go on Yelp um, and all that and, uh, you know, see all the things that we're, we're doing and get excited about that. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about cocktails, let's talk about cocktails for the holidays. And um, are there certain ingredients that you like to use around the holidays that make it seem more festive, or is it just more seasonal than anything else? You know, I'm a big fan of, like, seasonal winter spices. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, for me, is something that, like, I find really easy to incorporate in, like, uh, winter cocktails. Um, you know, whether it be an infusion, you know, where you re- literally just, you know, some cinnamon sticks and anise and clove and allspice, you know, you can just put in a batch of bourbon or rum mm-hmm. or um, almost don't anything. Don't forget nutmeg. And nutmeg, of course. No, nutmeg. of course. I actually do have nutmeg shaved on uh, one of my cocktails. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's just so many that you already have in your cupboard, you know, yeah. and you could like make an infusion, you know, let it rest for, you know, three days at least and um, and then use that as a base for yeah. hot toddies, hot butter rums, yeah. um, you know, Manhattan variations, whatever it is. What that, are the proportions of something like that? Like if you're going to infuse some bourbon, yeah, I mean, so cinnamon, for instance, goes a long way. So like a couple sticks of cinnamon and, you know, I mean, it really doesn't have to be um, too calculated in my experience with these types of spices because they're usually pretty um, pungent. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, a handful of um, your other, you know, winter spices and you can just leave them sitting in there and then, you know, taste it after, you know, a day or two and see if you're getting the flavors you want and add to it. Um, you know, you could also dry out, you know, citrus peels is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. easy enough. Um, add those to the blend. Um, but that's that's been kind of a go-to home, um, you know, 
cocktail like classic for me over the years because again you could just use once you make that base um you could just use it in all sorts of things yeah so like if you know you want to do again a manhattan variation you know just add some sweet vermouth and some bitters and your spiced rum mix um and you know you have a a fancy winter cocktail yeah and that's when you're when you're um putting the um spices in it you're talking about in a bottle like a 750 mm-hmm. milliliter. You could do it in a bottle. You could do it in a, you know, a glass jar if you have it. I mean, it doesn't really require anything too fancy. Yeah. Um, you do it just... in a baby bottle for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to mix it. You can yeah. just drink yeah. it straight. There you go. Just warm it up for me. I'll Put be your good. coffee in the morning. <laughs> Test it on your wrist and then right? it's good to go. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good quarantine. A little almond life milk right in there, there with the vodka. Yum. <laughs> Well, that's kind of nice to know about the ingredients, too, because sometimes, you know, you'll see recipes for cocktails, and it'll have eight ingredients, six of which you don't ever have in your house. Right. You know, unless you're making cocktails all the time or doing some something amazing in the kitchen. And so it's kind of nice to think, well, those are really typical spices that almost everyone has, and you can get them so easily. So easily, yeah. And, you know, even if you want to do, like, hot toddies or, you know, where you just want to add a little citrus and maybe a little honey and some, you know, hot water, I mean, these are all things that most people have in their cupboards. So um, it doesn't have to be, you know, an eight-ingredient drink. In fact, I'm not really a fan of eight-ingredient drinks. I'm like, the more simple, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, and if you just have a few, like, basics in your, you know, your home bar, it's pretty easy to um, you know, kind of rift on that. Yeah. Normally, too, I mean, you're looking for a certain balance in a cocktail, and I would think it would be harder and harder the more ingredients you get because something's going to outweigh something else, and then you got to play with that to get it back into. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that that's a really good point. Um, And I think that gets missed a lot by bartenders um, because, you know, sometimes I think it maybe feels like. Uh, cooler to have more ingredients, but it's sort of like a, a less is more, um, yeah. especially if you're working with strong flavors, because um, you know you don't want to you don't want too many competing flavors because the cocktail will, in my opinion, kind of taste like disjointed or confused. I mean, it's like a wine, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you want all those you want all the elements to show, but you don't want them to be competing with each other or um, to come off too harsh in any way. So, you know, for me, like four or five ingredients, that's kind of like the, the, the sweet max. spot. Yeah. 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 It's just like food. I mean, people take such care with food when they're making it and they don't want to overwhelm it with one flavor or not, but they don't think about it with cocktails necessarily. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a little bit of a rookie mistake, I think. <laughs> So, but no, you know, it's, it's, again, you want things to show, um, you want to highlight what you're really like trying to get out of that drink. Um, the, the primary flavors that you're going mm-hmm. for. So when you're doing a, a, um, beverage program and you're going to do a cocktail list, do you kind of say, well, I'm going to do some savory, some sweet, um, things like that. So you're, you're kind of looking at the gamut. Yeah, I mean, I really look to have a well-balanced list that has something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need to have light and fresh. Um, you know, you need a vodka cocktail. Um, you need, in Seattle, you probably need more than one whiskey cocktail because it's a whiskey town. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, to me, like, you want to make, it's sort of like a wine program as well. Like, you want to make a list for everybody, not just, like, what you enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you make a list that's very, like, 
um, one-dimensional, you're going to miss the opportunity to, you know, sell cocktails to people who, you know, just have a different taste than you do. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're looking maybe for something a little sweet and fruity or, you know, something that's, you know, more spiritous. And so there, you know, I like to have a little bit of everything represented. So usually like base spirits, you know, I kind of hit all the categories and then I'll have, you know, again, some spirit forward, some with citrus and fruit, um, you know, just sort of try mm-hmm. to find um, crowd-pleasing drinks for everybody. Yeah. I suppose like anything else, too, once you open, like now you're getting feedback. So it's like, okay, what is everyone liking? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been, because we've been busier than we thought we were going to be, and we wanted to start small, like the feedback I'm getting is I need more drinks on the menu. <laughs> so oh, I've actually wow. been adding some cocktails um, and, and, you know, kind of in the vein of what we're talking about, very seasonal-focused cocktails. Um, I just added one last week, a flip cocktail, which is a great example of a winter drink. Uh, it's a cocktail with a whole egg. Um, and this one has some spiced rum, some dark rum, uh, some squash puree that the mm. kitchen made me, a little maple syrup, some lemon, some bitters. That one actually does have more ingredients yeah. than I usually go hey. for. But it is a really fun, festive drink with a garnish of cinnamon stick and an anise and so mm. um, and then on the other end I didn't have an agave cocktail on there because I was like I don't know if this is an agave place but now we're selling like a lot of agave oh. which is wonderful because I love mezcal and so I'm working on a mezcal cocktail I'm actually putting on the menu tomorrow um, with some ruby port uh, a little amargo de chili and then this like special syrup I'm making that I can't really talk about Ooh, but it's really secret yeah exactly and that one's an example of like a lot of strong flavors, so four ingredients, and that way I get a little bit of everything. You get each of the flavors, but it has great balance. Yeah. Do you find when people come in, do most people want to pick a cocktail that's yours, you know, that's at the place, as opposed to, I just want a Manhattan, just the regular... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the crowd. Um, I feel that people that are more present on social media, so, you know, younger people, they Mm -hmm. tend to go more for the signature drinks, Mm -hmm. um, especially if they, you know, usually that crowd has done their research and they've looked at the pictures on the internet and Instagram. And so they're already, you know, they are, they already know what they want before they get there. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have people who are more traditionalists and, you know, maybe like that's, you know, all they drink are Manhattans. Um, but we do, we do try to seize the opportunity to then maybe try to turn them onto something that's kind of in that realm, mm-hmm. but you know, something a little different. And yeah. So I always try to like take those, um, opportunities when, you know, they're presented to, you know, you know, and, and oftentimes people get really excited if, you know, they didn't even think that they would like this other drink and then they have this experience and they yeah. remember it and opens a whole new world. Right. Right. And that's always fun. So, yeah. Well, when, since we're talking about the holidays, are there drinks that either you've created or that you just, you know, that are traditional or classic drinks that you really think go with certain holiday meals, like whether that's turkey or prime rib or duck or something like that? Well, similar to um, when I was at Hartwood, um, you know, when I started pairing cocktails, a lot of times I would think about, like, what wine would I pair with this with this meal? And then I would kind of, like, deconstruct that and create a cocktail that kind of had similar structure or similar flavors. Um, so kind of same idea, I think, like I immediately think of Beaujolais for Thanksgiving. That's like the mm-hmm. classic, you know, Thanksgiving wine. Um, so, you know, 
maybe like a wine inspired cocktail. Like I just mentioned Ruby port. So that's kind of top of brain, but like mm-hmm. making like a cocktail, you know, in that realm that maybe has that kind of whiny element and some acidity and some nice spices, um, that again, not too complex. Um, so it won't overpower your meal, but that will just complement it. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of where my brain goes. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody was going to make cocktails at home, mm-hmm. you would just suggest kind of that if you like a certain kind of wine with it, look at those flavors and maybe... Yeah, create- I mean, that's always been like kind of my go-to method. Um, it's evolved over time, but I think that that's a very... Like if you're thinking about like, you know, you have like a pasta dish and normally you would pair like a Chardonnay and something that's like rich and creamy, you know, then maybe mm-hmm. you're going to make a cocktail that does have some Benedictine or some liquor 43, something with those kind of vanilla notes and mm-hmm. those spice notes. That's a little fuller bodied. Um, it's mostly like thinking about the structure. I think that oh. is the most important part of that. So your mouth feel and your texture and all that matches the food that you're going to be eating. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been really fun. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. Anything big going on Thanksgiving? It'll be open. Is there a... We're actually doing a truffle menu, a pairing menu, and it's incredible. Um, And uh, yeah, there's a eight course and a four course um, and uh, wine pairings. And so... Um, it's going to be really special, oh, actually. That's be great. Yeah, so sign up for that, right? You absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thanks for coming over. Thank you. We will take a little break, and when we come back, we got some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at RevolveFoodWine.com. Hi, my name is Debbie, and I live in Lake Stevens. And my favorite restaurant is Lombardi's in Everett. It's an Italian restaurant, and I just love the quality of their food and the service and the ambiance, and it's my go-to place for my favorite events. Hi, this is Angela Shen with Savor Seattle, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show, and a special thank you to Amanda for coming in and doing the interview with us today, and we got to get down to that hotel and check it out. Exactly. I wonder if they would like us to come and do a tasting. I have no idea. We're professional tasters, by the way, in case anybody down there is listening. (laughs) This is the second time this show you've begged. (laughs) So we got some uh, tips and tricks here. What do you got? I'll tell you what I was thinking about. Um, it's more of an opinion maybe than a tip, but uh, for most people, this holiday is going to be very different, probably smaller. You're probably going to have to please fewer people. You know how you have a big group of people and everybody's got a different thing. Um, so what I would say, make this a really stress-free holiday. 
do what you want. So that might mean just a smaller version of the usual meal or your own version of a traditional dinner. Or if you've just always wanted to eat hot dogs in front of the TV on Thanksgiving, do that. You know, and, and as we talked about just in the last segment, you can plan ahead to reduce the amount of cooking time on the big day. And then if you really love cooking and that is something that you just really enjoy, if you plan ahead like this, you can cook just the amount you want and really enjoy it instead of saying, I love to cook, but my God, I've got 15 things to do today. Well, and you know, if, uh, I, I got a feeling there's going to be a whole lot of, of meals at home this year that are going to involve less people. That's what I just said, yes. So maybe this isn't the year to get a turkey. Yeah. Maybe this is the year to to come up with a different alternative. Like, you know, we talked earlier about the turkey cutlets, but mm-hmm. there's lots of other alternatives oh, yeah. too. I don't think I want a turkey burger, but I'm I put that recipe up for the turkey burger. We had really great turkey burgers. I know, but I don't want one for Thanksgiving. Oh, not for Thanksgiving, no. no. I don't want a sandwich, but some people might. <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy ground turkey. So if you really, if that is what you want to do, think about that. And then you put your uh, you put your cream cheese and your cranberry sauce all over the, all the, the bread. Bun. Yes. Yeah. Oh my good, that could be fine. Mm-mm-mm. But do spend the day doing what you want to do, and then call your mom if she'll accept your call. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your tip? <laughs> Well, I'm always looking to get rid of stuff in my kitchen because I have too many gadgets. But um, I don't always have a good reason to get rid of one, but now I do. Mm. And, you know, this this is the show where the rocket science happens. So when you hear me tell you this, you're going to say, oh, my God, I, 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 why didn't I ever think of that? So uh, what it is is, uh, you know, a lot of people have pizza cutters at mm-hmm. home in the drawer. And those little things are sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just throw that thing in the garbage can or send it off to Salvation Army. Because if you just have a nice pair of kitchen shears, you don't need the pizza cutter. You know, I think this is ironic because the first time we went to a Neapolitan pizza place mm-hmm. and they brought it out whole and you were like, how do we eat this? And they handed you a pair of scissors. You were like, I can't believe they're making me finish my own meal. I know. You see how I'm how I'm. You've evolved. evolved. Yeah. You've evolved, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you realize that, but that's what I did the other day. I made pizza at home for us to watch a Seacoss game, and I cut it up with my kitchen scissors. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'll be doing that in the future because I'm getting rid of that pizza cutter. Yeah. I mean, you Yeah, know. it's one of those things that does kind of one thing. I mean, you can use it on pastries and stuff like that, but. I mean, I'll always remember that day 20 years ago at Ikea when I bought it, but, you know. <laughs> it was just, a special day. I didn't have day. to let the memories go. You took it home in your pocket, and you kept feeling it and tapping on it and saying, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to have you. Kept wondering why I had scars on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just have to let go. <clears throat> and speaking of letting go, it is time to wrap up. So thank you for joining us on our November show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. All right. Well, have a great November and uh, enjoy lots of good food. And we will meet you back here in December because we got to talk about Christmas dinner too. Mm -mm -mm. Happy Thanksgiving. See you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? 
However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.